It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This week on Thinker Girl, the podcast, Celia Ireland joins us on the show. The only thing that everybody experiences will be death and taxes. The more you lean into the difficulty of death and dying, the more support you find. The Thinker Girls. Hello. Hola. Hello. Hi. The Thinker Girls. Thanks for <laughs> joining our show. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, hi, girls. <laughs> the Thinker Girls. All the thoughts you're thinking but not saying. You're listening to Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June. And Christy Mercer. Hello. We're glad to be hanging with you guys again. It's very warm. Isn't it? Mm, it is warm. It's beautiful. It's hilarious because we're originally both from Melbourne. Um, hi, if you just started to listen and you didn't know that. But it was 30 degrees in Melbourne yesterday and everybody was losing their shit to posting online outside, sunbaking down the beach. And I'm like, oh, you guys, we've had like the nicest weather in Sydney and no one even talks about it. I think it's just nice that it's nice everywhere mm. for people because everyone mm. wants to thaw out. It's that time of year. I'm feeling a little bit burnt out, i got to say. Mm. I don't, um, I don't know, I just feel, not. it's not, the word's not sluggish. I think it's just burnt out. That's exactly how I feel. I wouldn't say I'm burnt out, but I certainly am aware and feeling as though it's the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's happened really quick because like about seven seconds ago, I was like, oh my God, we're towards the end of the year. It's almost November. And then now I'm like, oh yeah, now something just clicks and you go, we're on the home, would st- we're on the home bound now. Yeah, it's been a very big year. <laughs> it really has been. I'm really um, looking forward to if, a long holiday. Yeah, if you don't uh, listen to the show before or you don't listen to the show regularly, and the, I'm talking about this podcast show, Welcome, um, we are two radio chicks who talk shit on this podcast about thoughts you're thinking but not saying. Uh, really lovely. Got a show out of that too. <laughs> the irony. So you can hear us on the Kiss or Mix networks across the country from 7 till 9 during the week and for a little bit on a Sunday night. Um, but we each, talk, we each bring a gem to the table. We speak to a particular guest each and every week. Some amazing women. Uh, thethinkergirls.com.au is where you can find all of those episodes. Please go. There's an actual playlist of every single one of our episodes that you can work through. But this particular woman is an Australian actress. She's best known for her role in All Saints and more recently Wentworth, which yeah. everyone's gone absolutely ballistic for. So good. You can find this woman on Instagram at Celia Island or Facebook at Celia-Island. And, of course, we're talking to Celia. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's my Celia. pleasure to be here. Oh, we're just glad that you're here. I feel like your voice is a big warm hug. You sound you very do. genuine to be here. Like, oh, you sound oh. like you're a decent human. Yeah. Would we be correct in I thinking hope that? So. I'd like to think so. That's the aim, right? That's the <laughs> yeah, aim. Totally. That's um, right. So we, uh, as, as I said, talk shit on this podcast. We'll each bring something. Philip the Duck will rein us in to make sure we don't go on for too long. Um, and we'll do a quick content. So just a one-liner of each of each of our topics so everybody knows what they're in store for. Mm-hmm. Um, Celia, as our guest, do you want to give us an idea what you want to bring to the table this week? Totally. Thanks, guys. I would like to open up the, the discussion around death and dying and how we can make that process 
um, makes sense to us and, and enrich our lives. That's Love it. Such mm. a good chat. That's we, a um, very, very good talk. It's funny because before we press the record button, you said, now, I've got something, girls. I think it might be a bit full on for you and it's death. And we were like, Absolutely not. We're there. We love this shit. Yeah, and we love, um, I guess, having conversations that mm. people are a bit afraid to have because they're the most important ones, totally. in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about how I find myself in no man's land, literally. Mm. <laughs> Chrissy, that was a little bit. That was a little bit like no, 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 no. I had I had peppermint tea in my yeah. mouth, and I was I wanted to laugh, but then I knew I'd. Spray you with my boiling water that I spat out, but I think I would have preferred that than the. Mm. <laughs> I think it took me a while for the joke to work because I now I know what you're talking about. No man. Oh no! It took a it took a while oh, for that to sink in. It got there though. Yeah, you get it now. Yeah, yeah. No man's land. Yeah, it's washed over me. Very good. Eight out of ten. <laughs> you didn't get a joke that I did on air yesterday too. It was, and I just am so tired now that I'm like. Like, if you don't already listen to our show, and Celia, I'm not sure if you've ever heard it, we are very ourselves. This, like is, really, this is yeah, the show, but basically. even more so because I'm a bit burnt out, I'll just say things like, you didn't laugh at my joke. Like, I'm down to that point where I'm being so honest that I've got no filter for anything. And yesterday I was like, did you miss that? Or like in, but in it was Radio the armpit, Land. It was the armpit joke. You've got four minutes to talk to a story. You don't have time to talk about whether someone missed your joke or not, but... I don't care. I told you. All of a sudden it just hits and you go, fuck, I feel it now. It's the end of the year. Yeah, but they're, I reckon, listening to our radio show because they will be the best shows <laughs> where people just start to not give a fuck. The loose ones. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about sometimes in a relationship, I reckon, can happen to guys and girls, but when, when one person in the relationship gets pissed off when the other person is doing something that doesn't completely revolve around them, Mm. And I've noticed this within um, a, a, within a mate of mine within their relationship. Mm. And um, I felt it a little bit in the past within my relationship. But um, the, I just find this all very annoying because they, <laughs> they live away too. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, just give him a little bit of time to himself, please. Yeah. Celia, yeah. as our guest, uh, we would yeah. love you to kick it off. Kick it off. Yes, oh, my gosh. Go for okay. your life, bro. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. Just a bit of personal background. I lost my mum to cancer. She was 88. She died at the beginning of last year. Then my husband's mum died halfway through last year. Okay. Then my brother at the beginning of this year had a life-saving heart transplant. And then my dear um, father-in-law is, um, you know, dying, basically, a stage four sarcoma. Um, so we're not sure how long he's got, but I've just been really interested in the notion of comfortability or um, becoming aware of how the more you lean into the difficulty of death and dying, mm. the actually the more support you find yeah. and little synchronistic things happen. And I was visiting my father-in-law at the hospice um, in Cabrini at Paran, beautiful staff, really beautiful place. Oh, my sister used to work there. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And I think to work in um, palliative care too, you know, it's a really special thing. And and I was lucky enough to kind of be very close to my mum's dying and then her death. And similar thing with my brother-in-law a few years earlier and stuff. And, yeah, I just really think culturally we don't talk a lot about it. We don't kind of bring it up. It's not something that people are used to 
conversing about and mm-hmm. I think it is because you know partly we're all filled with fear thinking oh my god maybe yeah we're all in den- we're all in it's denial quite, about something that is so sure yeah, I, think, I, I so, think we are in denial that we are all it is one thing you know the joke about the only thing that everybody experiences will be death and taxes but mm-hmm. I, I really think that there's something there's an enormous uh void that that um we have and and when you kind of um do come into close proximity with someone who's dying, you, you find that there is an enormous world around that that is there, mm-hmm. but you just you live outside of it and you don't really experience it until you have to. And well, maybe if, that's okay. If, but, and if, if you live outside yeah. of it, I think you still experience it differently. So yeah. you can still go through death yeah. but live outside of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the key. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do go through what you've gone through, Celia, uh, especially in that close proximity. That's really... That's really overwhelming. Um, But I think at the same time, you're right, with the head-on approach, you can go through death and then sit outside of it and still not get that that same idea. It's interesting because on the show uh, at the beginning of the year, I spoke about how how death is actually, when you think about it, the most beautiful thing you could possibly be a part of in someone's life. Like to think that I'll never forget the moment that I held my best friend's baby uh, at, you know, 10 hours old. Like there's there's something about going into a room where someone is cooked that like just that fresh, not a day after, not a couple days, like, you know, the first moments of their life. And there is something just as precious well, there and beautiful is. about yeah. that on the flip side that I think I agree with you. I, I think we're all yeah. missing. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I really, I agree. It feels to me almost like that kind of, I mean, I'm interested in Buddhism and the notion of beginningless, endless, and that really you, when you're talking about birth, it's really interesting because in the, in the deaths that I have had close proximity to, there was definitely a sense of a continuum and everything that happens when you're being born, you know, you're waking up into a world where you have to form attachments and you you literally, you see the newborn, they look like they're from another planet almost. Mm. And you, you your life, you know, you, you start to speak and move and talk and eat and connect. And then as you're dying, what you can witness in someone, particularly if it's a, a disease that you know, affects them over time, is that they there's a process of letting go of each of those things. So the attachments yeah. that you've made, you actually have to start, you know, have to, but but what I've witnessed in, in a kind of positive dying experience has been a, a letting go of each of those things. It absolutely, and like a, yeah. It ha- yeah it sort of to, like the reverse happens. Yeah, it, do, it, it actually does. Yeah. It, it happened with my nanny. She died about, I uh, would almost be coming up to two years now, yeah. and she went really, really, really slowly. Yeah. And I think... Um, for the most part, the conversation with my family anyway, it was like, oh, God, you know, this is this is awful. It's so bad to see Nanny go this slowly because oh. it, it, cause it, partly it was, but then partly I look back at that experience now and I had lived away, you know, interstate from my family for about, you know, four years at that point. And um, it just so happened that I'd had a um, – big back operation around the same time so I was home for like two uh, two months over that period of nanny slowly kind of letting go and and I look back at that now and and I kind of look at it with fresh eyes a little bit because like you say Celia I think it was also it was a hard 
a really hard thing to go through seeing somebody almost become a bit of a former shell of their self where, yes. you know, yes. she had very bad dementia and wouldn't remember right. who you yes. were or and yes. times you'd go in and, and they were nice and then other times you'd walk out and you were just utterly yes. distraught. And yes. and yes. literally, as yes. you said, almost reverting back to a child where she was in yes. nappies, she couldn't yes. feed herself. Yes. You'd go in in there and you'd brush her hair and, you oh. know, you, oh. and, and you on one hand you can look at it and go, that's full on and that's a negative experience but I I kind of look back now and I think that was a really it was a nice thing to have taken time to have really said goodbye to someone and in in the end the last time I went in there I said to her it's all right for you to go now you can basically you you can we're we're going to be okay and you you can leave this this place now I think it's really different as well when you go and you're not um elderly Mm. I think yeah. there is also this other thing because we're losing people mm. uh, left, right and centre. Not that it's – I'm not saying it's easier as such, but the letting go situation, yeah. there's such yeah. a different fight because you're like, mm. fuck that. I haven't seen my kids get married. Fuck yeah. that. I haven't – and with my auntie, my mum's twin sister, we lost her young, you know, really young. And we were super close. And and I, we've, I've actually got – We've experienced the negative side mm. of death with that, I yeah. think. Um, obviously, it's negative yeah. that she's not here, but yeah. how people yeah. dealt with it. You know, mm. she fought pretty hard and was not happy about yeah. being sick, yeah. which yeah. not yeah. many people are, but no. but it wasn't no. – there wasn't grace around it. Yeah. Um, and therefore, no. her family obviously then picked up that from her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then since then, you know – and I haven't even really spoken about this, but it's been years on now. And um, and my cousin's about to have um, a really, you know, her mom, like this is the daughter, um, a yeah. really momentous birthday. And um, and her two sisters, which is my mum and my auntie, don't really know anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. I just realised the other day it's, you know, we're still in touch. So it created a bit of a... Actually... Yeah, it did. Yeah. It really has. It's you, it's made everybody before, separate. Yeah, what's it's a really interesting thing what you said before about it, 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 you know how it's a really interesting question how at whatever stage this this process of dying affects each and every one of us or people we love. Mm. How do you make it um, uh, an experience that means people leave it with life-affirming feelings as opposed to completely bereft and shattered and angry. And it's mm. really, you're right, it's, it's really, that's what I'm really interested in. It, it, and how do we do that as, as living beings? And do beings, you think that it we... comes from the person dying or do you think it comes oh, from the person around them? I think it's the person dying. The, their attitude. Well, they, right. it turns yeah. through, yeah. It turns through people around it's you. It's almost like they're a guide. I get the feeling in a sense I, that they're yeah, like a guide. And we were really blessed with mum that she was so pragmatic. She said, oh, well, it's my time. And look, I know she was older. So I understand. I think that's a really pertinent point you make about mm. the age of yeah. someone. Because I don't want to make that's it like it's easier for some and it's not. No. But there is no, a no, factor no. where people have felt like they've lived their life. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think it is about that notion of the person going through it, whatever they find, whatever courage or whatever spirit or whatever their capacity is very, very much at the centre of well, how she everyone was else relates. She was pissed. pissed. That she was leaving. Yep. 
She was pissed. Yeah, there's that feeling of something being ripped away from she you. She was pissed yeah. off. And to be honest, sure. I feel it. I still feel yeah. it. I still, we all still feel it a yeah. bit. Sure. It's funny, but sure. then on the flip side, it might not necessarily be um, always the way for people that go a bit earlier. My best friend's mum was um, very, very ready to go mm. in that yeah. she was young. And I wouldn't say ready. That's probably a bit of a a bit of a stretch. But, but at the same time, she was like, well, you know what? Um, I'm not interested in dragging myself through all this treatment, all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I'll never forget um, my bestie saying, well, that's her choice. You yeah. know, we've got to respect that. And it was interesting because around that it's, it's such a celebration around Beth's mum. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. such a, there's a different wow. kind of approach that's been yeah, taken since totally. she's And that, that's what interests me just mm. to wind that up. But I'm, I'm interested and I did a therapy course a couple of years ago in um, group therapy and stuff. But I, and oddly enough, when I got home today before you guys called for the, the podcast, I looked on my website and there was something from the Grief and Bereavement Institute. Oh, and wow. so I, like, it keeps presenting itself to me because I am really interested in how do we make our dying a rich experience. But you speak it's... so eloquently yeah, about really it too. Oh, so, it, and wow. it's not from a, a place of, of fear or, yeah, kind of resentment about it either. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Look, it's interesting. I'm I'm intrigued, but thanks for sharing your stories too, you know. Yeah, that was cool. Thanks, Celia. Yeah, Yeah, it's nice. Who's next, girl? All right, I'll step up to the plate. Do you want to butt in on this conversation? Get it off your chest, girlfriend. Join in our weekly Facebook forum where you get to say exactly what you're thinking and you could be featured in the next show, facebook.com slash thinkergirls. I want to talk about how... um, Sometimes in relationships, it can be annoying when your partner's not giving you attention, and even <laughs> and even small stuff. Like I'll put my hand up and say I'm I'm guilty. Like I saw a meme the other day and I was laughing out loud because I'm like, that that is actually something that I have done so many times. Where I think I was a cut like Jay Z and Beyonce, and they're sitting at the basketball, and Jay Z's looking at her phone, and Beyonce's got her arms crossed, and she looks so cold that she's like get the fuck off your phone and pay me some attention mm-hmm. and I and the meme was like every girlfriend be like and I was like oh, that's like me we've got I've got this joke with my man where um you know if he's on his phone or whatever I'm like put it down like pay me attention like a little bit mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of a little bit lighthearted and a little bit jokey but I think sometimes it can go can go a bit further and run a bit deeper where you almost take it personally when your partner has a bit of independence and is doing stuff that doesn't completely either revolve around you or you're not really involved in either. And we've got a mate that lives away. So then often the only time that you can kind of speak with him is either on, on Skype or um, on FaceTime or on the phone or whatever, or Snapchat. There's lots of different ways. But I, I, I was speaking to my boyfriend about this and he goes, it's funny because every single time I talk to said friend, she, as in his girlfriend, is always around. Like, And it's fair enough because they live together, not in a like, hey guys kind of way, but she's like, he, like he is, and I notice when she's around because sometimes his behaviour can be really different, the way that he speaks, the way that he acts. And my boyfriend was like, I, I kind of know that he's when he's 
I don't know, when he's being watched or when she's like, you know, pointing at her watch, being like, come on, you know, and there's that pressure to kind of wrap the conversation up. And oftentimes, like, she'll be yelling out like, come on, we've got to go. You know, we we said we'd be there in 10 minutes. Hurry up, you know, knowing that he's on a Skype call or a phone call or whatever. You know, you've been on there for an hour now and there's just this tone in her Tone in her voice and in her presence where she, there's like this anger and resentment almost that he is doing something that I think doesn't, doesn't involve her. Could it also be though that he doesn't like structure in time to have those conversations? Yeah, absolutely. It could potentially be. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like. Could it, could it also be that she's threatened because he. Have, can I ask a very personal question here? Have yeah. you were you ever involved with the said person? No, uh, romantically. Yeah. No. Ah, no. uh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's actually a friend of your boyfriend's, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah right. Oh, but, I, but, but I don't think I don't think that just because I haven't been romantically involved doesn't mean that she no. can't be threatened, not just yeah, by me, true. but by but my, my yeah. by my partner either. Like, because I, I reckon sometimes I reckon sometimes partners are threatened by their partner's friends that may offer something that they're threatened by. Does that make sense? So, you know, like, it's like uh, we were doing this on the show, but it's it's interesting because I feel like in the past some guys are threatened by me because I – and these are, like, my friend's boyfriend. Yes. Because I'm very independent. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a heap of guys that just wouldn't deal with a person that is as independent as I am, particularly a woman. Mm. And that's okay. Not everyone is as independent as me, so that's why lots of people work in different ways. Mm. But when Mm. they're friends with me, I think for those people it's really confronting because it's like, will she catch some independence off that independent girl? Yeah, it might rub off on her. Yeah, I think sometimes (laughs) the partner can also detect maybe – your boyfriend yeah. brings something out in him that makes mm-hmm. her feel uneasy. Well, do you know, it's, it's funny Maybe that it's like you bring this up. Ho- like back to yeah. live. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up because I've, I've just completely had this moment where I'm like, aha, because mm-hmm. she, um, I think she may be potentially be threatened by the fact that he is his true, authentic, actual self. Yeah. Around you. Yeah. yeah. Around, and there's this, and there's almost like this feeling that there's a history and a past and a past it's self, past life, yeah, existing stuff not, yeah. that she's so yeah. completely and utterly not isolated from, but wasn't there for. And I reckon sometimes that, and I've yeah. even seen that in other, you know, pick that up in not just this friendship, but then other friendships too. When I've got, you know, a newer friend and an older friend, and when you're hanging out, say within a group, the older friend. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
constantly brings up things that they know that the other person can't relate oh. to. Like, oh my god, remember in high school? Um, do you remember Mrs. Miss? Remember Mrs. Um, Sarandon? Remember her? And then that go off on this big tangent to almost. To, to bring you back to a place, A, to prove to you, be like, yeah, remember how far we've gone back, but then B, I think to kind of isolate that other person and prove yeah. that there's a connection and a history and a something, something there that you can't yeah. kind of be in on for a moment here. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Mm. <laughs> it does. But do you, can I ask you another question? Do you think their relationship's good? Have they been together a long time? Yeah. Oh, uh... I, I, it'd be wrong of me to pass judgment because I don't really yeah, sure. know. From the surface, yeah, yeah. it, it kind of it it seems to be, but yeah, it's it's interesting, not just in this relationship, but other ones I've seen too. That kind of not that he, not that you're muting yourself around that other person, but there is this slight change of 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 their personality when the partner's around versus when And when uh, it's an interesting one when you're ostracised from people, your family and friends. I've got another friend that has done a similar thing and moved somewhere where um, he is living where she's from. Yes. So a similar situation. Yep. And for a while there, he was just the only friend he had was his girlfriend that yep. he was living with. Yep. They moved to... Um, to Adelaide and then when he started to get a life for himself then she was like somehow annoyed like not annoyed but just was reacting and and I was like and I was saying to him well she wanted you to build a life like you've moved here for her and now Mm -hmm. you have a life with the boys now you want to go to the cricket and you you, now it doesn't work like it's you know it's Mm. a real funny one because at the same time do you want a partner or do you want a dog? Yeah, what is it that you actually want? No, but it's true. But I think no, you're you, right. You, you're you, right. you take it personally. You take it personally when your partner is spending less time with you or pulling back. I just surprised back. myself with that comment, but it's very true. No, but it is. You take you take it. Yeah. You do take it pers. You do take it personally yeah. sometimes. And even yeah. if it if it's going from a an unhealthy place to a healthy place, you know, from spending you know, um, yeah, crazy amounts of hours be, yeah. to, you know, a really good healthy amount of hours that like, you can still go, oh, you're spending less time with me. So then so it's a seen shame. as a negative yeah, thing. Yeah, it's an insecurity, I suppose, isn't it? That yeah, they're, it they're is. Gonna, they're going to lose something or that, yeah, it's going to change something or, yeah. It is because I yeah. think that the change merits it to some degree, but then how you react to it is more about your insecurity because you can feel uncomfortable, but what you do with that feeling of uncomfortability Mm. is actually the important part. Everyone's allowed to feel uncomfortable, but what what actions you take from there are the bit that is is on you, Mm. you know? Follow the Thinker Girls on Insta for all the thoughts you're thinking but not saying, just with a Valencia filter. Wait a second. I really like X-Pro 2 lately. I am all about Gingham now. Big Gingham fan myself. Gingham. The Thinker Girls on Instagram. So I kind of did a bit of a clean sweep of just a few different characters, particularly men in my life that I felt weren't going down the road that I wanted to go down. And it's been interesting because on this podcast, I've spoken so much about my single life and this kind of exploration of myself and finding someone. And I I think if I'm really fair to myself, it's really only been this year that I've probably truly been in a position where I could have the relationship that I wanted. So for so many years beforehand, I was like, I'm ready and I want to meet someone and whatever. 
but I wasn't honest about the kind of relationship I really wanted. And okay. I think because at the beginning of um, my kind of single life journey, I did at the very back of my mind think the next person I want to be a bit of a real deal. And then when that started to look like I would have to wait some time for that because A, I wasn't living where I wanted to live and B, I probably wasn't ready for babies and, you know, full-on commitment for a very long time. I ignored that that was my initial plan and thought, well, fuck that plan. It'd be great just to even have a boyfriend for a year and explore and have good sex and all that stuff. And I think I went off my own path a bit because I didn't mm. like the fact that I would have to probably work on myself a bit more and wait mm. because in order to get that bigger that bigger picture, it was going to be a long time because I was mm. moving everywhere. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm at a place where those things are more coming into line but what that involves is letting go of things that aren't exactly that. So even yeah, if they right. might look like they're a little bit like that or mm-hmm. or you get this bit out of them or maybe you could have a relationship for six months or maybe you could just try and be their friend or all these different little factors I've mm. completely cleaned out because I'm trying to be true to myself. Because they're not what you initially no, wanted. No, and if I'm really yeah. honest with myself, I do want the – I want a big – I don't want just a trial or a learn. I've learned – I can learn that stuff myself. Mm-hmm. So, do you know something that I find really useful? And this might work for you in this situation. It's just an idea anyway. If you can get a checklist of 10 things that you'd love ideally in a great relationship – and I reckon if you can tick seven of them, this is something a real estate agent pitched to me once, and I actually <laughs> think it works in every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you can tick seven of those boxes, you're doing really well, and that's you're on a you're on a good wicket. And I, I actually think that's as you say, you know, with relationships, you, there's no such thing as the perfect relationship, and sometimes we can get really attached to an idea of what we think. Is right I for it, think and then and I, then you can miss out on other opportunities that don't necessarily, as you say, look like what you thought they'd be. I think I was writing a list that wasn't true to myself, though. Uh, so I think because my list was such a big plan, yeah, you had a hundred things on it rather than ten. Well, and also <laughs> I just was writing not values or what would yeah, make a good right. li- a good yeah, father yeah, yeah. or what, what, what would what, make yeah. a good life partner. I was That's looking for what were you writing? I was writing things yeah, what like were you writing? um like ambitious or, you know, like um or like, you know, well, looks. There would be a lot of looks things or yeah. um okay. or like similar you know, character traits as opposed to values because when you're looking for a life partner, values yeah, are what values. you marry yeah. and what yeah. you commit to. Mm. Yeah. You know, character traits are who you sleep with or, or yeah. the kinds of – so for a long time I was focusing on the surface stuff because that was yeah. all I was ready for. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the same time I didn't want to admit yeah. to myself that that wasn't going to be what I wanted. Was there a bit of an awareness when you were writing that stuff – knowing that you weren't ready for the big stuff so better not write that or write these things that are more achievable for now? I think I was in denial because I didn't – I wanted a boyfriend. Yeah. But I knew mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I knew that a boyfriend to me wasn't just going to be – what I truly wanted wasn't just a boyfriend. What I truly wanted was a life partner and mm. that those two things are quite different and I knew the life partner stuff wasn't going to be able to happen until I ticked a few things off for myself first, mm. like mm. financial security, uh, figuring, picking a place to live, mm. um, you know, getting a job 
Like yeah. this time yeah. last year, I didn't have a job. Mm. Like, mm. so all of those things, I think you had I to do knew on your I own. had to do on my yeah. own. And so oh, I told okay. myself I was ready for a boyfriend at the whole time. And I actually think, well, I, I, I couldn't get the kind of relationship I wanted until mm. I did that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to admit that to myself so because it, it would make me, I don't know if I would have survived. I think yeah. I would have been unhappy because I would have been like, well, fuck, I don't know if I want to take all of these risks for other parts of my life if that means I have to hold off. So I think I just told mm-hmm. myself that he wasn't around. But actually I think I knew deep down I, I, I just couldn't say the words it's not the time for me because mm-hmm. that's how much I want. That's how much I want a partner. That's how much I'm a couple yeah, girl. Yeah. So where, so where yeah. do you feel like you are now with well, everything? Well, I'm getting rid of anybody that isn't remotely on that list. And I mean, like, if they're not ready for commitment, they're out. Like, yeah. you know, and it sounds like a real simple thing, but it's really hard yeah. to do if you like someone mm-hmm. and you tell yourself, I want to be in their company and you try and tell yourself, you know, yeah, I'm not looking for perfection, but commitment's a big one. Like you can't yeah. perfection you can't and commitment compromise yeah, on that. They're they're different things. Yeah. That's not like a, oh, he's ticking seven of the ten, so maybe that's yeah. right. But if but if one of the ten that aren't tick, those three remaining, so, yeah. is commitment, so then it's a biggie. Where yeah, I find myself true. is that's kind of point. cleaning yeah. out of all of the the boys that mm-hmm. I suppose are potentials and maybe, you know, could sniff around to be something but not something that's special. Yeah. And now yeah. I find myself also, in no man's land. So it's really confronting because it's like here but, I but am you with, think, you know. Do you think too that there's, there's space for those things to shift? Like sometimes, you know, how you meet someone and at the time of meeting them, if you go back to the analogy of that list, the, the 10 things, that person may not necessarily be too keen on the commitment. But... You know, this is what I found hard. I mean, I've been married now for 22 years, so I'm, well, however long, and <clears throat> with my same partner for 22 years, married for about 16. Um, so, <laughs> this is, we're talking a long time ago. Yeah, it's but long what's enough. What's interesting <laughs> is, yeah, things can really shift too. You know, like you can grow with someone. So sometimes the answers aren't always right there and and that's that's another area where I really remember thinking because I had my checklist when I met my husband Tim and I remember thinking oh it's not good this isn't quite right but then this stuff just grew and when I fell pregnant with my first daughter all this stuff that I had you know I'm being very candid here but I had issues about I didn't think Tim was particularly demonstrative physically out in public and I thought oh why doesn't he hold my hand why doesn't he kiss me in front of people and all this stuff that I kind of thought was a bit on my list of 10 as soon as I fell pregnant it all shifted now I don't know if that was me I'm pretty sure it was my perspective on what I thought he should or shouldn't be softened and I thought wow you're the father of my child and this is this is right. This feels absolutely right. And maybe that was a lucky thing. But sometimes I think things evolve as well that you don't always have the answers right up front. I think you know you're, I, mean? I think you're really right. Mm. I think the problem with me though is because for so long I was writing a list that wasn't authentic and yeah. true. Yeah. I think I was attracting people that were coming not with what yeah. I actually wanted. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yep. so then for the very first time ever, I'm being true to that. Mm. So but I'm that getting rid of the right. scraps, I suppose. Yeah, it's really and, good. And not for yeah. necessarily scrappy people, but just the bits that are hanging yeah. around that actually aren't <laughs> going to service me for what I truly want. Totally. And I, I haven't been really, really honest with that because I think I've gone, oh, if I keep it pretty broad, you know, it'll it'll make it easier yeah. for me to meet someone. So on the flip side of that, you can keep open-minded, but not to the point where it's so open-minded that – you're not yeah. being true to what you truly want because then you're actually yeah. not attracting anything. So how long yeah. how long do you reckon you've been the actual brutal honest of what you actually want? Like maybe two months. Okay. It's not long, <laughs> you said that with such a tiny boy. Because I've been it's single like for so boy. long. I feel like I've maybe been single for Yeah, because when I think about it then Because you feel like, like you've been ready for so long. Yeah, I've been yeah. telling myself, yeah. but actually I've been yeah, telling my well, I haven't like mm. not not ready, but I had a pl- I have a plan. I always tell myself that I the universe. I don't know. I always tell myself, oh, it must not meant to be. But I have to remember that I am probably the most magical person I know. I really do attract everything I put out there. Mm. So wow. the reason I haven't attracted it because I haven't truly wanted it. Yeah. I know, and I would now never admit that to but myself. Now you do. But now I yeah. do. That's such an exciting. But I didn't to be admit there. it to myself because I was scared of myself. Yeah. I am yeah. scared of myself. I'm scared that I knew what was better for me, but yeah. I didn't want to admit that because it was yeah. scary to be on your own for that long. So, so are you actually, ready now? Well, are you ready? Now? I actually feel very empowered all of a sudden because actually now it's like. It's time. Like, it's game on. Well, a little Yay. bit. I mean, you don't really know, but I haven't felt yeah. like this before. And I've oh, come to the right. podcast with a lot of things similar to this, but mm. I don't know if they were being truly honest. Mm. Mm. And, but sometimes you I can't. I thought they were. But so, that's the thing. I don't think sometimes you can realise that things weren't really that honest until you are honest. Well, I think, Do you know what I mean? Like, I, until, until I think you've I was got, protecting myself. Yeah, until you've got actually something to compare it to where you go, oh, man, I thought I thought before I was ready, but now that I'm actually ready, I yeah. realise. Yeah. And you've got to be, for all of those that have been through a really big breakup, you've got to be ready to have your heart broken again. Yeah. You, not that saying that it will be, but that's what yeah. you get scared of. Mm, you got to yeah. not just be ready for the relationship, but be ready to be hurt again. Mm. Yeah. Are you ready to be hurt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am. And I'm not saying I'm going in with those vibes, but I think you do need to not fear that because yeah. that's a part of it too. It's the not wall, always going to be pretty. When the wall's up. Yeah, and, and when things aren't always yeah. great, you know, you've got to be ready for the hard bits too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think a lot of people think they're ready for the good bits. But are you ready for the hard bits? Mm. It's a different, yeah. different question. That's that's exciting. Yeah. It's been a real journey. <laughs> Stace is rolling her eyes. Because oh, I feel like sometimes I get embarrassed because I sp- you speak so openly on this podcast and we've done it for three years and this has been a really, really big part of my stuff that I bring, mm. being single mm. and relationships. But I oh. think really it's just been a – uh, I guess almost like a costume for my self-work because mm. I think I'm just so saw myself as such a relationship girl for such a big part of my life that I think for me to admit that it was all self-work and I wanted to just really be on my own mm-hmm. was probably too confronting mm. and almost I would have looked at it as unattractive maybe. Right. Mm. Yeah, wow. that's cool. It's good that you like, and you can go, you can look back and say maybe 
you know, maybe it would have been better not to have that as a costume, but then at the same time, it's a, as you say, it's allowed you to do what you need to do to get I here. Think so who it gives was a my fuck? survival, yeah. yeah. But it feels embarrassing because if you go back and listen to two years ago, I probably said, I'm ready. Do you know what I mean? Like I get embarrassed because yeah. it's like you say I'm ready again. It's like, well, in two years, it's just going to be something different again. No, but I know what you mean though. I know what you so mean when you, call it, when you call it something else. Yeah. But it's like me with my alcohol stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm working on myself. And I, I use that as the title, but I'm like, it's not really that. Like that's a small part in the reason that I started it, like my relationship with booze, but – it runs a lot deeper than now that. Now we're but, just, but just therapy to fucking yeah, sort just, our shit out. But yeah. just to, to tell people and to talk about it on the show, it just wraps yeah. it up in a nice, neat bow. I think everyone makes puts, it easy, yeah, puts you know? banners on shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but to talk about it is just really great because, you know, everyone has stuff. Everyone has stuff mm-hmm. and hard stuff and yucky stuff. And, I mean, it's so great that you guys... As you say, you're putting it out there and everyone listening goes, shit, that's me. Oh, my God. That's exactly my experience. And, you know, that I think that's bloody priceless, really. Oh, thanks, Celia. Oh, thanks, Celia. It's, it's certainly, we love you. It's certainly a cheaper form of therapy here than the yeah. $1.95 an hour. Yeah, we gave this a go. Well, Chrissy gave it a go for two years. Therapy <laughs> off this. That, now she's got an actual well, therapist. Know, you know, but for some time, it was like oh, she always dropped that line. About a, about a Buddhist um, monk and I, there's a beautiful Buddhist nun who I love called Pima Chodron and in one of her books I think it's called When Things Fall Apart one of the first sentences in the book is you have everything you need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have everything abundance. you need we're I, all in abundance yeah, yeah. You just, it's all there you know mm-hmm. and it's about sometimes as you say getting support or help or talking about it or but that's that's the key. It's going on the journey to realise that. And that's it, going back to all of that stuff. How I'm saying, you know, you think you're on the the look for a relationship, but no. Two years ago, when I was ready, that yeah. was everything yes. I needed. Yeah. And yeah. to be very honest with myself, everything I truly wanted. Mm. And that's yeah. the bit that I'm confronted about. The fact that I didn't yeah. want a relationship that makes me nervous mm. to say. It did make me nervous to say, which is why I didn't say it. Because yeah. I don't know. It's like this perception that you're like a stone woman. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you don't want a man, yeah. it's like yeah, does yeah. it make you a, a you know a lesbian or does it make you someone that's got mm. no heart mm. if you're like saying you don't you know? So I think I would have just said I was. But really, deep down, things. you kind of knew somewhere what you actually needed. I the day I broke up with my ex, I knew that the next relationship I would have would be pro- would be the father of my children. Yeah, the biggie. Oh. I wasn't gonna oh muck around. God. But then I all these years I've told myself. Oh, nah, that's probably – I have never even said that out loud. I don't even mm. admit it to myself. <laughs> wow. Yeah, here amazing, we are. That's good. Big epiphany. That's an incredible epiphany, isn't it? Special moment we're I get sharing, annoyed. Celia. Well, I get annoyed at myself. Yeah. It's like, stop aiming so big. Like, just pull it back. Too bad, motherfucker. That's who you are. That's who ain't, you are, love. That's your true no, nature. Ain't no changing that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Celia, it's been it's been like a, oh, a cup of tea and a big fat hug with you. Yeah, a bit of a scone. A <laughs> oh, scone with jam. Yeah. Stace was going to bring in Scott. So every every Friday we do a cheese plate, Celia. And everyone's <laughs> been going a bit fancy pants every Friday. Like first there was yeah. a cob loaf, you know, that someone heated yeah. up in the work oven. And then the other days, the other Friday, somebody did nachos, right? Because they're like, oh, there's an element of cheese there. Which I'm a cheese person. So I but did, I'm like, my <sighs> idea was cheese Fridays, P.S. Yeah, and I was like, we need to get back to the Ridgey Didge. <laughs> 
just the cheese platter, please. It's get, we're all oh, getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Little but, cubes of cheese. But I found. Oh no, we're not doing no. you know, my family and packing them. Thank no, you. No, like, no big yeah. cube squares. And no, no cabana <laughs> yes, and cheese. Yes, and yes. Cabana, and, and, although right. I do love it. And Celia, is that what we'd be having at your place? Some cabana and cheese if we came round? No, or? do you know what? I, I reckon I'd be going a little bit of. Um, oh, what's that beautiful soft cheese camembert? Oh, yes. Oh, any, like any, uh, any Savoys oh. with a French onion dip lying around? Oh, maybe, they were my nanny's yeah, favourite. Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> the French onion dip, Rest yeah. in peace, nanny, but I'm sorry. That's but anyway, stay, anyway I, I digress. Good. Stacey was going to bring in scones and, and I've deterred her. Well, Which yeah. I'm slightly disappointed about, but when it comes out. Cheese I'm scones. Can't you do cheese scones? <laughs> oh, I don't like to mix cheese up. I think that, cheese yes. is classic. Like, let's not let's not fuck up the basics. It's like these you know? savoury like, muffins. Yeah, no, now nah, fuck that. And it's like muffins. it's like yeah, vegan donuts. Go stick that up your ass. They like, were five dollars. They each were disgusting. Too. <laughs> they they tasted like paleo. dust. They tasted paleo. like I, sawdust. I saw paleo cereal the other day, and I'm thinking, what the frig is in that? What is in that? If there's no any no carbohydrate whatsoever. Nuts and seeds, things Nuts you could things uh, that you could sweep up off bird. the floor, I think. Air. Right. Yeah. Air. Dust. Yeah. Dust. <laughs> sticky tape. <Bird> <laughs> All right, let's oh, let's uh, let's say goodbye. We do, we don't want to, but if you want to find Celia, you can find her on Facebook, Celia Dash Island, or on Instagram, Celia Island. Uh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. My pleasure, likewise, guys. Loved it. Thanks, Thanks Celia. Have a good bye. rest of your bye. day. Bye. 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 Hey, you. Not that we're particularly pushy, but. You should absolutely listen next week. You will love our guests. Yeah. Wink, wink. They can't see you wink, mate. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why I said it. Okay, I don't get it. Well, I'm saying wink, wink, because how else am I going to get across that I'm wink, winking? Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> All right, just listen in to next week, please. <laughs> Were you eavesdropping on this conversation and want more? The girls are chitty-chatting away on Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram. You can download more podcasts at thethinkergirls.com.au. 